0: Hi! Welcome to Motherhood Every Kind of Way. We want to take a closer look at the journeys of women after and through motherhood.
1: Hey everyone, this is Lynette. Welcome to episode 12. In today's episode, Magda interviews Molly Chanson, and I'll let Magda tell you a little bit more about Molly in a little bit, but before we begin, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening to us and for supporting our podcast, and I just wanted to reach out and ask one little favor of you, if you enjoy what we do and you find value in these conversations, please subscribe to our podcast so whether it's through itunes or from whichever way you consume your podcasts please subscribe to us magda and i got together this week and talked about how meaningful this project is to us and how we'd really like to keep doing it and so one of the things that we need from you is your support through subscribing all right thanks so much and here's magda
0: Molly Chanson is a writer and entrepreneur inspired by motherhood and the female intuitive spirit. After having her two sons, Molly designed a clothing line for pregnant and breastfeeding moms, which she has run for the last 10 years. The label will soon be available here in Chicago. Molly shares her personal experiences as a mom and wife on her blog, Solma, in order to inspire other women to heal, grow, and transform into their bravest self. Molly is a daily yogi and believes every woman can create her own hero story. Stay tuned for her memoir about marriage, divorce, and women's amazing resilience. In the meantime, sign up for her inspiring Monday mantra. Okay. Hi, Molly. Hi, Magda. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. I'm so excited for this conversation me too um, um, one of the first things that I would love for you to tell us um, is your experience um, before you became a mother and how did you change after becoming a mom mm-hmm. jeez um, I would say before I
2: became a mom you know I always wanted to be a mom ever since I was really young and um, so that was always in my mind as like a goal or something I wanted to do in life and before becoming a mom, I think I kind of just had this really optimistic, idealistic view of the world and, you know, looked at things kind of like everything will always work out and, you, you know, you mm-hmm. go after what you want and, uh, and anything is possible. And I think becoming a mother taught me things like compassion and patience and that it's hard work. And you're not always going to do it perfectly. Um, I'm a perfectionist, so and which I'm working on because I don't think that's very healthy. So motherhood taught me just kind of about forgiving myself and, and that it's
0: not all what you see kind of like out in the world. Especially with um, the social media and the way it has blossomed to what it is these days, motherhood seems so easy, so natural, but... The more I talk to other women, I learn that it really isn't. And and whoever is saying that it is, it's not telling the whole story. Right. So uh, you have two boys, right? Yes. Bennett is nine and
2: Andrew is eight. So they're a year and a half apart and it was really busy. It was, you know, the first four years, I always say, were kind of a blur because... I had my first baby and then when he was 18 months old I had the second and so we kind of the three of us sort of learned everything together.
0: And so after you had your your babies you also had a third baby which was your business right? Why don't you tell us a little bit more about your fashion business because that part of your story is also very fascinating to me and very relatable because you know as you know I'm also trying to uh, launch my own fashion business. Sure.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. I added like a third baby to everything. Um, (laughs) because I was breastfeeding and, you know, between the time that I had my first son and was breastfeeding him and then having my second, um, I had this, you know, overwhelming breastfeeding experience and fashion Mm -hmm. had a lot to do with that. So I started designing, um, clothes, even though I had no experience doing that it was just based on, you know, I'm interested in fashion, but um, as far as technical skills, I didn't have any, but I wanted to create this clothing line and I felt a real surge of creativity during that time. You know, I think I was open Mm -hmm. and vulnerable and taking care of the babies and of course exhausted, Um, but I was inspired to design these clothes and uh, help other moms and feel good about myself and I thought if I can wear this and... It makes me feel good taking my baby out and nursing in public. Maybe mm-hmm. I can help
0: another mom. And that inspired me too. I love that. It's, you know, it's kind of exactly the mission beho- behind and the reason behind uh, my desire to launch my collection. And so what's what's happening with, with your uh, maternity line right now? So the maternity line was Molly
2: Addis Maternity for the last 10 years. And when I started, it mm-hmm. seemed like you know what's what? What's my life going to look like in ten years? It just sounds like a long time, like you said. But when you're doing a business and raising babies and young children, it you know you you have to give yourself some extra time. At least I did. Like things took maybe longer uh, because I was doing both. And my clothing line now, I'm I'm focusing more on my writing and creating a community for women and mothers. And I'm still designing, but I'm transitioning into. A private label for a store in Chicago. (gasps) That is so exciting! Yeah, so the line Mm -hmm. will be available at um, Kicken in Chicago, which is in Roscoe Village, and it'll still be my designs. But uh, we're working to, you know, we're partnering up to still offer. The, nice. Still offer the clothes to moms, especially Chicago moms, and then um, it'll also be available online. So it's exciting. If I
0: remember correctly, you've known the owner of of Kick and Store for a while, right? Is is it one of the moms that you've known sort of throughout the whole experience? Yes, we met,
2: mm-hmm. because, and that was the great thing about starting my business, as you're probably finding too. We met through business. So she's, you know, a mom mm-hmm. with young kids. Her boys are a, around the same age as my boys now. But she opened her store um, when she was pregnant in order to help, you know, moms get fashion and style. And so we met that way. We met because she started carrying my clothing line as soon as it came out. And she was one of my first accounts.
0: Yeah, you know, now um, now it all, you know, I'm able to connect the dots. Because I'm actually subscribed to Trudy's um, emails. And I love that she occasionally throws events at her stores and I always really really want to go but the timing is at least up until this you know this point hasn't been um good with my husband's schedule um so I haven't been able to make it to her store but I, I really love what she's doing there and I completely agree with what you said Molly about um connecting and meeting other moms uh while trying to launch you know businesses I think this is really the best part of being a mom, like meeting other moms. Oh yeah. At least, um, at least to me. Yes,
2: (laughs) I do. I love it. And, and, you know, I know you'll go to an event when you can, but Trudy, I always say is that the events that kick in are amazing. There, um, Mm -hmm. I've been to a lot of events over the last 10 years and, um, things for moms and the way, you know, she puts on fashion shows and shopping events and, uh Informational events about breastfeeding or motherhood or birth, and um we'll continue working together and doing that because they're just really great and really fun for moms to go to
0: Oh, that's amazing um Molly, so you mentioned you're also um pivoting into writing or you know more focused writing. I know I'm subscribed to your email Solma that every Monday I receive my Monday Monday mantra. Uh-huh. Uh, which I love to read Um, but tell us a little bit more about where we can find your writing and you know what you're writing about sure my website is soulma.com so it's
2: s-o-u-l-m-a.com and it's a blog I write about my own experiences um, in motherhood and in business and in my marriage and my recent divorce so I write about, you know, the intersection, basically, of, like, motherhood, business, relationships, life. I think as women, we're always in this world of, like, everything has to do with everything, you know? Absolutely. Nothing is in a compartment separate. It's all connected. So I write about that a lot, and I send out the Monday mantra, which is really fun, and I get such positive feedback from everybody mm-hmm. who's signed up. Um, If you go to the website, it's really easy to sign up and I send it every Monday. It's just a short, as you know, you know, it's a mantra Mm -hmm. to keep with you and hold with you during the week. However you want to use it, if you want to say it out loud, if you want to write it down. Um, And then I always share my interpretation of the mantra and a little bit about my experience, but obviously you're going to interpret it how you need to that day and, and that week moving forward. So I think it's really powerful to have that time for ourselves as moms to just kind of sit and open an email and have something to look forward to and, and then remember it. Because you're obviously going to have times during the week where you lose your center and you feel like you're failing or you're, you know, just off. And it's nice to have those words to come back to because they just like draw you in and get you present really quickly.
0: And, you know, one thing that I love, you know, about the email that you send out is that, that it has that highlighted sentence mantra mm-hmm. uh, in the body of the email that it stands out. And even if you, you know, I tend to open my email first thing in the morning. So sometimes my kids are all over my head already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I'll, I'll might, you know, be reading through the email and I will, um, you lose my focus in a sentence or two but then having that 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 bolded sentence in front of me really helps me to recenter and um you know just remember what the message was about sure. so i i really love i really love that yeah good i'm glad thank you <laughs> and i think i you know i told you like i try to Mari Kondo, my, my, uh, um, emails, my emails, <laughs> but you know, yours is always there to stay because it brings so much light and value, uh, into my week and I really appreciate oh, that's it. It's wonderful. Yes. And then
2: in my other free time mm-hmm. um free time, I call it, that's funny. I know you think uh, you get it. but um, <laughs> I'm writing a I'm writing a book. It's a I've been working on it for a year and a half, and it's a teaching memoir. and it's similar to my blog writing, but it's um it's really about my marriage and my divorce. and it's about mm-hmm. women and mothers being resilient. And I think that's that goes back to the mantra, too, where, you know, we have this amazing resilience inside of us that. We can do things we don't think we can do. And we're always second-guessing ourselves, how we're parenting, um, how we're running a business, if that's what we're doing, how we're spending our time, how we're using our words. And, you know, our relationship is a big part of becoming a mother because that changes. And so the book's about that and
0: my experiences with that and hopefully some lessons I've learned along the way. I cannot wait to get my hands on that book. When can we expect the book to be out and available? You know, I... I'm giving myself a deadline of June to have the final
2: manuscript, and um, it's in a really rough draft form right now, and in terms of, you know, when it's available, I don't know yet. That'll depend on what happens with publishing and how I decide to publish Mm -hmm. and who I use and things like that, so that's all still in the works. You know, I don't talk about it a lot in my emails Mm -hmm. or on my blog and website yet. You know, it's one of those things where, like, same with my clothing line. It's like sometimes in the beginning people would ask what I did, and I was still teaching at Columbia College in Chicago. And I would always say, you know, I I teach writing courses at Columbia College, and then my husband would say, well, how come you're not talking about your clothing line? And Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, put yourself out there and tell everyone what you're doing.
0: Mm -hmm. It really is. And, you know, I you know, uh, a lot of the things that you say and that you've experienced are are very close to my heart also because I feel like in a sense, I'm trying to do similar things without, you know, I've tried to do them without even knowing you, but now that I have gotten to know you, it's like, You are, you know, let's say five or seven years ahead of me. Or maybe five. Um, And without knowing, I'm kind of, you know, walking on a similar path. Uh, But, you know, what you were just saying about having that feeling of not wanting to disclose fully what we're working on um, you know I can definitely relate to that and I've actually am at a stage right now when I feel very self-conscious about putting my writing out there you know I, I've started do I've started writing a little bit but I am not sure that, uh, that I'm ready yet to put it out there mm-hmm.
2: Oh, it always, yeah, there's always that doubt and fear and it, it, uh, Mm -hmm. you think it has to be perfect first before you tell anyone about it, you know, like, and that's not the case. It's, it's, and I, and Mm -hmm. I need to practice that too in my own life. Like just because it's not perfect and published and you know, all these things, I can still talk about it. Mm.
0: your divorce I wanted to ask you about your experience you know as a mother after divorce you know the effect that it has had on your uh, on your parenting and approach to your children after divorce hmm. yeah it's been um it's been a
2: little over a year and mm-hmm. in that time you know at first you think there's not going to be a silver lining to this for the kids you know like because it's so traumatic for, for, um, children, but as a mother, and then of course there's guilt, like, you know, feeling like maybe you should, you should be doing something different, um, for their benefit. And there's, there's guilt all the time as moms, obviously, but with divorce, I think it's just so much, so much guilt Mm -hmm. because you feel, you feel like you're failing them. and like you, you know, and their dad and I still, you know, Talk like that, like, did, did we fail the children? Like, we screwed this up. But as a mother, I think that kind of the amazing thing that's happened is that they've been able to see my weaknesses, they've been able to see my flaws, and they've been able to see me come back from that, um, you mm-hmm. know, stay strong. And so to teach them about strength and resilience is an opportunity you know, for them to see that we can make it through a difficult time
0: Mm -hmm. and
2: to teach them a little bit, you know, to teach them about forgiveness and compassion. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. There was a, my son um, came home from school one day and there was another boy in his class that his parents were just recently separating. And Bennett said that he talked to him and said, oh, you know, my parents, you know, my dad moved out a few months ago and and it's difficult but you know they had a conversation and he was in second grade and I was so proud of him because that's what we want in life as you know human beings and that's why I write that's why you write and we share Mm -hmm. our creativity and our art and our stories because when you hear someone else going through the same
0: thing uh, it makes you feel so much better. Mm -hmm. Molly, what does your absolute dream version of motherhood looks like?
2: Um, if anything. Yeah, you know,
0: <laughs> I like,
2: I think I feel this way more even uh, now as a divorced parent. And, you know, when I'm with my boys, it's as a single parent. And I like the image of uh, us being a team. Um, and I kind, of, I kind of mentioned that in the beginning, like when it was the two babies and me and your dad was at work and we're at home and like it was like a threesome you know and and it feels that way now too where it's like obviously i'm the mother and they're the children but we all kind of learn from each other and we all contribute and we all we all bring something to the dynamic of the family and and so i think that's i think that's my ideal version um and mm-hmm. that's what we're trying to kind of work on because
0: you know we're all pretty close especially now What societal or cultural messages about motherhood frustrate you, Molly? And what would you like to, um, how would you like to see them changed?
2: I think the most frustrating and maybe the most damaging is this idea that motherhood is your complete identity, you know, and it does not to say that it's not a huge part of our identity, and maybe our main part, but but that it's supposed to be kind of all encompassing and all fulfilling and all you ever need. and we need so much as women and as mothers, and there's there's no reason to feel guilty if you uh, if you're gonna start a business or or advance in your career or if you don't or sure. if you want to mm-hmm. quit your career and you want to stay home. Um, or whatever it looks like for you, and, and you're serving yourself first, which sounds um, maybe like you shouldn't be, but I think, I think we need to serve ourselves first and our needs, and then we can show up for our kids. And we don't have to define ourselves
0: absolutely and completely as mothers and only as mothers. This is something I think about every day, but I was also thinking about it yesterday. At what point... It was not okay to be a mommy and a writer, a mommy and a dancer, a mommy and a lawyer or whatever else, um, you know, other identity. Because, you know, my son was watching Daniel Tiger yesterday. And the one episode that I paid attention to or it caught my attention was about this idea of being so much more than a child playing with dinosaurs. And it was a mommy saying like, you know, it's like me, I'm a mommy, but I am also a teacher. I am also a dancer. And it was a whole episode about how you can be more than one thing, whether you're a child, whether you're, a, you know, a woman. And I was thinking to myself, this is a really smart lesson. I love <laughs>
2: that. You're right. You know, we don't always like the shows that our children like and pick, but um, I have always heard good things about that one. And-
0: yeah, and how, you know, they can explain things in a simple mm-hmm. way to kids um, that also resonate with adults. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. I think when we're trying to cling
2: to an identity, and an expectation that this label is going to give us everything we need it seems like an easy solution but the reality is that we're we're so many things and we're capable of so many things and to to try to kind of like find it in one thing and not only that but then what if that thing goes away or what if it changes right right and you've put your entire identity inside of it and it's not a good idea to do that where it's we're mm-hmm. like
0: whole people with lots of parts we've all heard stories of you know women who paused their careers and decided to raise their children for many many years and once the children you know the empty nesters right or you know not even that mm-hmm. but you know once the children are old enough to they become teenagers or go to school then the identity crisis happen because we were a mom and everything to them for so long and then we feel empty inside That's right Molly what do you do well we often probably too often focus on our shortcomings <laughs> and our challenges um but do you have a superpower as a woman as a mother Well this I'll say this is still a practice for me and it,
2: it's not easy but um I'm going to say my ability to be present is probably the thing that when I do it well, when I do it correctly, you know, it's, it's the best. It really works. So because there's so much outside and there's so much going on all the time, especially the past year for me emotionally has been really challenging. And if I can just letting let that go and focus on my children for a period of time or if i'm in my yoga practice and i'm focusing on that for a period of time or whenever i allow myself to Mm -hmm. let go of everything happening and i just stay present i always get clarity i always get you know less anxiety i feel better i'm able to really be there for uh for my children and for myself and for anything i'm doing really Mm -hmm. i i think uh
0: if there's, like, a secret out there, I would say to, you know, work on things like that. Yeah, I, I love that, and also so relatable. Um, I know it's probably, it probably sounds strange how many things I can relate to. No, oh, no, I love it. That's <laughs> uh, good. how many levels, but it really, you know, being present, letting go of distractions in that moment is what we probably all need to be doing, and yet it's so, so hard to do, because uh, there are so many things on our plate, and that's not easy always. Well, you know, I was just thinking, um, my, I know my boys are older
2: now, eight and nine, but, um, there's, uh, they start to, you know, they pick up on us, obviously through example and demonstration and, Mm -hmm. and the things that I try to teach them, I'm also trying to teach myself. And when they worry about things like, you know, my, I have one of my sons is anxious, and he'll worry about a test or he'll worry about something happening at school next week and the advice i always you know try to like show him and demonstrate for him is to not get caught up in your mind in these thoughts of like what ifs and and when but to focus on you know right now we're here doing this thing and it's really fun and it's really great and you know you can be calm here in this moment and we'll deal with that when it comes up
0: you take care of yourself i know you are um you practice yoga i know you talk about it you know a lot in your writings and in your thinking do you have a self-care routine um i don't know if i can call it a routine
2: Mm -hmm. (laughs) you just try to do it whenever you you can yes (laughs) but that's sort of been my self-care is that uh i never expected to be divorced and I never expected, you know, things to look kind of the way they do, I guess. Uh, in ju- you know, as a mother, as an entrepreneur, as a wife, it's like things don't always turn out the way you think they are going to in your mind. And that that's mm-hmm. the same for a self-care routine. Like, I, I I love yoga and meditation and mindfulness and eating healthy. And But I, you know, miss it or it gets screwed up all the time, and as soon as I start making my self-care routine another thing to beat myself up about, that's when I know I'm missing what it's there for.
0: The point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um,
2: so I think, you know, the self-care thing is about compassion and forgiveness, and just being being good to yourself with that critical voice in your head, like the one I have that's always like, you're not doing good enough, you didn't do yoga today, you didn't, you know." You screwed mm-hmm. this up, you ate this, you you should have uh I you know, you shouldn't have yelled at the kids. Whatever it is that at the mm-hmm. end of the day someone's like screaming at me for all the things
0: I did wrong. I've been working on like toning that down a bit. I have the same thing with trying to exercise at home. For so many years in the evening I would say tomorrow morning I am going to wake up and exercise. And I've probably done it five times. Mm-hmm. I now realize that I I cannot do home workouts. like And, you know, maybe it's because my kids are at home all the time with me. Like, I am not able to see that exercise as self-care. It just becomes stressful. It just becomes something that I'm trying to do that my kids are preventing me from doing. Why am I even trying to do this? I'm trying to do this because exercise makes me feel mm-hmm. good. Yet... It doesn't. It, it puts even more pressure on me. It tells me like, Oh, it's yet another thing that you weren't able to do today. And I you know, this is um just this trap that I think sometimes we tend to fall into. So I love that, you know, by offering ourselves ourselves grace mm-hmm. and giving ourselves a break, that's how we really Yeah take care of ourselves. That's great to have that awareness mm-hmm.
2: and that helps me too because you're, you're punishing yourself and you're saying, I have to work out because I've made this goal. But then your kids need you and then you're not present for them. Mm-hmm. And you're right. It's not self-care because you don't feel good. You'd be better off going... And I agree with you. I like going to my yoga class because I'm just... There's nothing else to worry about. And there's mm-hmm. no one else to take care of. And um, if I go once a week to a class you know, for an hour and a half and take care of myself that way. I don't need to beat myself up about, you know, not getting up every day and doing a home workout if that's not Mm -hmm. what's working for me in that time.
0: And, you know, I think also what, what I tend to do is that, you know, I look at what other people are doing, like how are they able to get up? And then right after that thought, I think to myself, okay, but you know what? Their kids maybe are older. Maybe their kids sleep through the night. My kids are not there yet. And it's nobody's fault. Mm -hmm. You know, I can't compare my situation to someone else's.
2: That's really key. If we could get through motherhood without comparing ourselves (laughs) to Mm -hmm. other people, you know, I think there's a big difference between sharing experiences and then having it fall into comparing and then feeling like you're not enough or you're not living up to what you should be. Because you're right, it always, everything's changing. Your kids will sleep through the night eventually, but they're not right now. And then maybe Mm -hmm. something else will come up that'll shift it again. And we constantly have to, um, I love that word grace you used. like we constantly have Mm -hmm. to
0: do that as moms. So how do you deal with, with comparison? It's hard.
2: It's really hard for me. I think that... I think if we use ourselves we can kind of again I mean comparison is is kind of comparison is sort of the same as judgment honestly I think like not even you know judgment of the other person like you're assuming things about them mm-hmm. even if you're not you know feeling like it's something negative like if someone looks at me and they might look at my social media profiles or the way I look in photographs or even the way I am you know at the grocery store or whatever it is they might think that I have it together or um I'm you know happy all the time or successful or I, I'm not really sure what it is, but there's there's mm-hmm. judgment that happens there. and when I think about my reality and my my path and my um my struggles and the things that are hard, you know obviously you know designing a clothing line isn't easy it's not like you wake up one day and decide to right. do it and then you know six months later you're like a fashion designer you know it doesn't work that way so I think if we if we remind ourselves of what we've been through and what it took us to get to where we are then we can offer that to other women we see and we can say you know she might be having a hard time too or it might have taken her a long time to get to this place that looks you know really beautiful and successful
0: i love that because you know i um especially you know with the fashion design journey that's probably one case where i look at other designers and i think how how are they there already and my join is too which means like it's been two years that i've been trying to launch what i thought was an um you know a finished product and there's still you know little tweaks and changes that we're making that then you know once you go back to the pattern maker and you go through that process, again, it takes months. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, I I also tend to do that. But also recently, I found it a little easier to stop comparing, you know, my beginning to someone's end middle or even end, right? Because I know that you know, social media is for people to, um, to share their highlights. Most people share their highlights, right? Right. Uh, I know it also, there's a lot of conversation about, mm, you know, bringing more honesty and reality to social media. But I think for most accounts, we want to capture, we want to show off our best moments, right? Like, I don't think I'm, going to post a picture of me you know crying after I yelled at my five-year-old because that's not really you know I'm gonna talk about it I'll call my friend how I'm gonna tell her how terrible I feel about it but I'm probably not gonna post it on my stories or on my Facebook and I think a lot of people often forget about what social media is for it yeah it was for to begin with Okay, Molly. I have one last question. Mm-hmm. Is there a topic related to motherhood or life after becoming a mom that you wish we talked about more? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back to. I mean, this is why I made my clothing line. But
2: um, I think breastfeeding should be talked about more, mm-hmm. um, as
0: just like a, a specific example, I guess. Do you think that we've because your business, you launched your business about ten years ago, maybe a little less than mm-hmm. that. Do you think that the conversation has changed in the last few years and that we, you know, in fact, do talk a little bit more about um, breastfeeding? Or do you think there's still a lot more that needs to change?
2: I think that, no, I think it has changed. I think just if I look just at what's offered in clothing, it's already Mm -hmm. changed significantly since I started, you know, my business. Where uh, when I see more companies providing clothing for breastfeeding moms then I know that you know that means that we have this awareness around the fact that women breastfeed and they might breastfeed for a couple years and they need clothes to wear during that time so I think that's Mm -hmm. like a step in the right direction but you know what I mean when I say that maybe a topic we discuss more is just um and this is sort of in motherhood with motherhood in general but it's, it's difficult. I didn't understand the, um, and maybe it was criticism on myself, but I didn't understand all the judgment I would feel as a mom. You know, like, am I breastfeeding long enough? Am I breastfeeding too long? Am I, mm-hmm. am I being discreet in public? Am I not? Should I just put it all out there because screw them and i'm allowed to breastfeed my baby according to the law you know there's so many emotional things tied to it it's more than just whether you decide to do it or not
0: no i i absolutely i absolutely agree um i think you know for me it was easier the second time around and probably was uh more of a you know breastfeeding experience for me the second time around um but, you know, I've had similar emotions, and in the end, I just said, I am doing this to nourish my baby, and if I have to go into a changing room at Target, because how our society still is, then then let it be. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think
2: you're, I think you bring up a good point. With my second son, it was just worlds different, and and that goes mm-hmm. back to that. You might see a woman breastfeeding in public, and she looks like she's doing it, you know, perfectly and seamlessly, and she's talking to a friend, and she makes it look so easy, and that might be her second or third baby, you know? Absolutely. And when you're a first-time breastfeeding mom and you're making that commitment, it's a lot. It's hard, even if you know logically that you want to and you want to be in public and you have a right to be there. And mm-hmm. But it's hard to get your body and emotions kind of on board with that.
0: So you just have to let yourself catch up. I, I love that and couldn't agree more. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much molly i i love talking to you and i always mean to reach out you know with questions and and you know i i could ask you so many questions about how you how you made your line oh i'm always here how i'm
2: you... always here for you magda anytime and you know since yeah. we've been talking about social media and just i also um
0: i love staying in touch with you on instagram and I was telling someone earlier today, you know, one thing that I am so grateful for when it comes to social media is how many amazing women yourself included I met on here and and that's that's really the most valuable thing that came up for me. Thank you so much for dedicating your time and listening to us. The moms you hear from on our podcast are encouraged to speak honestly and unapologetically about their experiences and choices. But the stories and points of view heard here do not reflect any official view of our podcast. We hope that being a part of these conversations will encourage all of us to turn towards ourselves and embrace motherhood our kind of way. Please follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Motherhood Every Kind of Way or email us at motherhoodeverykindofway at gmail.com.
1: And a special thanks to Bea Serrain for letting us use your beautiful music.